Today at the Radio Backyard Fence, we are going to dispel fear. Fear, you get out of here. We're going to welcome peace. Peace, come on in, pull up a chair. We need you. And we're going to deal with the light topic of preparing for the end of your life. Now, you might think that this will be a morose conversation. I promise you're going to laugh with us today. The programs we've had all this week have led us to this. The finish line, Robert Walgamuth will join us. And no matter what age you are chronologically, you need to hear what we're going to talk about. Sit down right next to Peace over there and let's talk about it today on Chris Fabry Live. How you doing? Hope you're well on this Friday. Let me thank those behind the scenes today. Courtney's in for Ryan. Trisha's headed to Cleveland. Tahira's in the chair. She's my Tahiro. Clara Gorn will answer your calls. Tom is helping out in Grand Rapids. And since it's Friday, that's right, it's time for the fabulous Fabry Friday Sigh. Here's what it does. One, we oxygenate your blood. Two, we get your endorphins going. Three, we raise your serotonin level. Four, we promote lymphatic drainage. And five, we stimulate your parasympathetic system. That's why we call it the five lung languages. We also stimulate your vagus nerve. And don't forget what it does to cortisol dissipation. Take in four seconds of air through your nose right now. Hold it four seconds, and then as you release that air through your mouth, push on the left side of your rib cage to get rid of all that bad carbon dioxide. Let's give a first Friday in March sigh, a spring training sigh. Soon it will be a March madness sigh. Soon the cold weather, the chill winds, the icy roads will all be behind us. Soon you won't want to build a fire in a fireplace for warmth, and spring will be in full bloom if it's not already where you live. Whatever your situation, whatever the weather, Take an extra deep sigh today. Pass it along to somebody who needs it. And remember, the family that sighs together oxygenates together. The fabulous Fabry Friday Sigh is brought to you by the Council for Better Councils, the Association for Better Associations, this station, and anyone who can spell the last name of Robert Walgabooth. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to spell. Robert, come on in here. You're 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 such oh, a uh, frequent guest that I don't even have to introduce you. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing great, and I'm laughing hysterically. You've completely wiped <laughs> me out with that montage. That's unbelievable. That's what it is. You it can is, you can is. you can oxygenate yourself <laughs> and just have a lot of fun here today. Uh, oh yeah, and and we've got a light topic. This is just going to be all fun and games, right? The last time I got a picture from you, that you texted me a picture, you and Nancy were at a, a cemetery, and you were standing over the cemetery plot. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm. I'm actually not quite sure why I sent it to you because you're one of the <laughs> happiest guys I know. Why would I send you this picture? Although, it's we're going to talk. We'll talk about this today. But getting ready for my ultimate death. I have one last thing that my kids are going to have to worry about, and that is yes. where to put the box. <laughs> um, and, and actually, this is really cool. So we found a plot, Nancy and I found a pot, plot in Buchanan, Michigan, which is about, oh, four or five miles from us. And we bought four, actually eight plots. Really? For four, yep, for four couples that we know and love. And we actually went out to dinner that night uh, celebrating that we're going to spend eternity, our bodies are going to spend eternity in close proximity <laughs> to each other. Is that hilarious? Have you ever heard of anything like that? No, I was thinking no. you, might, you might have done 10 and then, you know, auctioned the other two off so that... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, come one, come all. No pushing and shoving in line. Everybody wants that. That's hilarious. You, I saw you um, on the Evangelical Christian Publishers Association. They send out this uh, literary, so, something goes on, you know, that they, yeah. they give the news. And it said, right. the headline was, Robert Walgamuth, founder of Walgamuth and Associates Literary Agency to Retire, He's announced that his uh, Robert Walgamuth will retire at the end of February, which is past us now. And yeah. then it, you know, it has quotes here and all of this. And then you come out with this book called, titled "Finish Line: Dispelling Fear, Finding Peace, and Preparing for the End of Your Life." It's like, do is there something we well, ought to know? Do I know? Well, thankfully, no. Uh, I did have um, a good friend text me and said in. Just a few words. Are you dying? That's what. <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, actually, we all are, but nothing that I know of. I've just gone through all that in the last three years. And right now, I feel great. And um, the Lord willing, I'll continue to run this race until the finish line. Yes. Well, I wanted to have you on here today because the, the book is really, really something special. And I think it's the, kind of the culmination. You, you wrote Gunlap was the, the last book, I believe, that you wrote right. that we talked about right. here. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And I wanted to have you back. And this week we have talked about, uh, even yesterday with Miriam and then Crawford was on Tuesday, hmm. we've talked about the temptations that you face as you grow older. And Crawford said that irrelevancy is one of the big fears that people mm. have as they get older. Mm. And they often, instead of passing the baton, they'll compete with the next generation. So let me start right there. What, what, do, what do you see? Are you facing any temptations now that you didn't expect? Wow. Well, I think Crawford's right. Irrelevancy is, it is a powerful word and a horrible concept because in fact we we were we're never irrelevant right before Christ we're always important we're loved right we're free we're redeemed but back in the day when i was running hard i was traveling my cell phone in the last 15 years wouldn't stop buzzing or ringing and now i can sit in my office in my chair and look at my phone and nothing happens to it <laughs> because nobody needs me like they used to and you know what what I'm discovering this isn't this isn't a new thought it's one that I expected but that I'm not necessary um uh I'm I'm irrelevant nobody needs me to come to their meeting or to pick out a title for a new book or to evaluate a new manuscript I don't have any of that now. So am I necessary? Am I irrelevant? Uh, I haven't looked at this recently, but if you Google um, suicide in older men, it's, it's skyrocketing because hmm. other people like me are saying, am I, am I worth anything anymore? My daddy was suffering from what we thought was Parkinson's. It turned out not to be that. But I walk past his study, and he's sitting in his room, quietly, newspaper, but on his lap, on its, on its, on its, on my dad's lap, not reading it. So I knelt down next to to his chair, and 
It was a really sweet moment. He was probably, I'm going to say, three years from his death. But he was sitting there quietly, and I said, Dad, are you okay? And he looked at me, and he said, yes. And I said, um, how do you feel? What's going on? And he said, I'll never forget it. He said, I feel useless. Uh, and, I mean, it was a moment. I'm feeling it right now, just telling you this story. And and I said, well, tell me what, what that feels like. Tell me why. And, well, he talked about, they had, we had just had a, a big family dinner and lots of noise and kids running around and people talking about the latest music and movies. And my dad just, he just sat there quietly. And I, I'm sure that there are people right now listening to this who are feeling this. I mean, culture moves so quickly. And, you know, who's the latest uh, rock star or singer or what's the latest movie? And you feel completely out of it. So I said to my dad, I said to my dad, Dad, you're not useless. You can pray for your family. There's nothing more important that you can do, even if you're just sitting here. So it's that, you know, I, I did my best. In fact, I hugged him and we prayed and I wept like a little boy because I, I was sad that my dad was feeling this, but there's nothing I could do. There was nothing I could do to take him out of that, right? What I could do is right. encourage him and thank him. And I said, even when you were young and vibrant, praying for your family was still the most important thing that you could ever do. <laughs> and he smiled. I'll, I just, I can see this. I can picture this. <laughs> Oh, so well. So this is a, I mean, this irrelevance thing, this uselessness thing, uh, as we approach the finish line, uh, you know, that's that's why this book has been written, to encourage men and women, it isn't just for men, and their families to know what to do now. So I'm hoping this is an encouragement. Dispelling fear, finding peace, and preparing for the end of your life, at least the end of this life. That's and I, right. I told mm-hmm. you before we, we went on the air, I said, we, we're going to get to gospel here because there are people who will look at Christians, look at somebody like you and say, hey, you seem so sure of heaven. How in the world can you be sure of heaven? And the reason they say that is because they feel like in order to get to heaven, you have to attain a certain thing or certain level right. and, and obedience and all of that. And we're going to talk about that coming up. Finish Line by Robert Walgamuth is our featured resource today at chrisfabrylive.org. Our number is 877-548-3675. Special guest today at the Radio Backyard Fence is Robert Walgamuth. You don't have to spell his name in order to hear the program today. He's been in the media business for, oh, 40 years or so former president of Thomas Nelson Publishers, owner of Wagamuth and Associates. I remember him back when they were at Wagamuth and Hyatt. Uh, he's been a literary agent, exclusively representing the writing work of more than 100 authors. And he's he's hung up the shingle. You know, he's, he's, he's retired, quote-unquote. But as he's coming out with a new book, you know, it's not like he... <laughs> He's slowing down or anything. Finish Line is the book, Dispelling Fear, Finding Peace, and Preparing for the End of Your Life. And it sounds, you know, it sounds dark and it sounds morose. 
it's really not. There is something life-giving, and it, and I found myself going through this several times laughing out loud, but at the same time, you know, it's it's really a serious thing, and this book would not be here if it weren't for Bobby, and we've talked about her life. Uh, of course, you know, you're, you're married to Nancy uh, Wagamuth now. The Bobby was your wife for, what, 44 years, something like 45, that? Almost 45, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, I opened the book just recounting her funeral. And uh, we showed a video at the end of the service that I had actually taken from the balcony of our home in Orlando. And then the screen, she's walking from left to right across the screen. And then on the screen, it goes black. And then the words, except a kernel of wheat fall into the ground and die. It remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Jesus spoke those words during the last week of his life. So you look at the death of that seed and say, what was the, what was the harvest of Jesus' death? And it's like, how long do you have? How much time do you have? So Bobby's death produced a harvest. In fact, Chris, I heard three days ago from a great friend who received Christ as her Savior. My great friend's wife, Mark's wife, knelt in my living room just a few weeks before Bobby stepped into heaven. And she received Christ as her Savior as a result of Bobby's life and witness. Now, that is a kernel of seed, a wheat that falls into the ground and produces many seeds. So the, the fun thing to close this loop, so I'm hearing from my friend whose, whose wife knows Jesus. She's very active in her church. She has attended every one of Nancy's True Woman conferences. So this, this, just listen to this. I'll change your first name. Cindy's mom, who is lost and broken, has been staying with us for two days. It's been rough. She told us she was driving home early this morning to attend an art show in Naples. This morning, with tears in her eyes, she asked to go to church with us. When I asked why, she said, I just read Robert's book last night. Oh, wow. So this this is a gospel tract. It's <laughs> camouflaged in the form of a hardcover book. But that's the point. That is the point. If 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 people are reading this and they're not ready for the finish line, my hope and prayer is that this book gets them there. Yes. Well, and that's why I, just before the break, I said, people will look at Christians who say, I know I'm going to heaven. Cross-eyed is like, how, how can you be sure? Because I think in their mind, it is, if you do, if your good outweighs your bad, then you'll get in. And you don't know that until yeah. you're done. And so how can you say now that you know that you're, you know, you might do something real bad tomorrow. You know? And, and what do you say to that? When people say, how do you know, Robert, that you are going to be in heaven? Well, it's a promise. So when, you know, when you get married, you stand at the altar and you make a promise. It's a covenant. It's not breakable. So God's word, you have to start with, what you think about God's word. Is it just literature or is it fact? Is it God communicating to people, to you and me, by way of his Holy Spirit, words that we can read and believe? So that's the promise. In fact, 
1 Corinthians 2, when I sign books now, I sign them with this text. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love them. So it's like, so 1 Corinthians 2, 9, if people are taking notes, that is, and, and, and in fact, Bobby loved, my late wife Bobby loved that scripture because she loved art, eye has not seen. She loved music, ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man. She, was, she loved to dream. She loved to think about what Jesus had prepared. This mansion, what does it look like for those who love him? So it's a promise. You take him at his word. Just, I tell you, Chris, it, it's the same voice that creation heard when this person, this this creator said, let there be light. So with the same assurance, you and I see the sun when we step outside. We can believe that heaven has been prepared for us, those of us who believe in him. It's, it's a promise. Well, just like um, Lazarus come forth, <laughs> you know, the words sp- spoken and, and he came out. And, you know, if you try to get there on your own, works, if you try to get there on your own goodness, then I understand why you would look cross-eyed at anybody else and say, how can you know that? Because you can't even know your own heart. But if you are trusting fully in what Jesus, the guy in the, in the middle cross, you know, you heard that sermon, he he said that I could come here. If, if you're trusting in his righteousness on you, then you can say with full assurance, I'm going there because of what he did. It, and, and you even write that in the book. It is finished. That's, That's right. what Jesus said at the end, and it's what we can trust in. Absolutely right. In fact, the expert, I would say, in Christian literature over the last 15 years on heaven is Randy Alcorn. My guess is that you've talked to Randy on your program. He is an incredibly Absolutely. special man. And just almost exactly a year ago, he said goodbye to his precious wife, Nancy, after, um, I don't, I think 25 years, maybe more. Anyway, so I called Randy and I said, I'm working on this book. Nobody knows more about heaven, certainly from a Christian's perspective, than you do. Would you write an endorsement for the book? And then I said, (laughs) I know that people pick up books and you know, if if endorsements on books are sold by the pound, you're talking about a really heavy book. And I said, you know what? I would be so honored to have you be the only person who endorses this book. And he paused for a minute and he said, I would be so honored to do that. So when you turn the book over, if you've got a hardcover copy, here's a precious few sentences from our friend Randy Alcorn talking about this book and how important this book is. So here's a guy who's written about it, studied about it, is an expert on it, who just stood there and watched his wife step into heaven, who has said, this is an important book. I mean, how it doesn't get better than that. I'm so grateful. Yeah. It's titled Finish Line. It's our featured resource at chrisfabrylive.org. With Robert Wagamuth, here's Katie in uh, Illinois. Katie, why did you call today? Um, hi, Chris. I'll try to be succinct. First of all, thanks so much, uh, Robert, for writing this book. It's such an answer to prayer. Number two, um, 
this is a hard question to ask because I'm not really sure I want to know the answer, but um, there's a lot of people in my life that depend on me. You know, I have an only child and I have a lot of, uh, I'm a therapist, so a lot of my clients and then some elderly people that I help take care of, some animals, a few other things. But the last year and a half, this has been something that has been on my mind. I, the Lord wakes me up at night. And in the beginning, when it happened, uh, it reminded me of two other times since I came to the Lord 30 years ago where God spoke. But of course, since it's about, you know, finality, eternity, but it was basically just what your almost chapter, or <laughs> what your book said, that you have to get organized. You have to get a will, which I did. You have to prepare. You have to, because my, my son is an only child and uh, he's such a wonderful young man. He's a Christian, but we have been so close our entire life. No family except for my in-laws, who we took care of um, to the very end. They're just amazing Christian people. And that's one of the great gifts my mother-in-law gave to me. Although I took care of her as a single mom with no help or assistance. I mean, I think it was 72000 the last year. Um, she she had everything finalized. She had the plot. Hmm. I mean, she took me and showed She was, and then when it happened, it was an accident where both my mother-in-law and father-in-law um they got injured together. It was such a such a blessing to me. To this day, I, I think about how her organization and preparation just made me able to focus on the most important things, which was her testimony, her life, et cetera. So um, I kept thinking, why do I keep thinking about this? It's almost scaring me. And I did have a really bad health scare last year. And I think it's because so many people depend on me, especially my right. son. Well, let's li- let's lean into book. that, Katie, and the and the whole idea of fear then, because I don't think God wants us to live in a state of fear, but the preparation, you know, it could be motivation to help us prepare. So what, what do you say to Katie, Robert? A couple nights ago, and Katie, I'm so glad you called. A couple nights ago, I'm walking through the living room. It's a very familiar living room. And I'd be fun to, to see a YouTube video of how I'm shuffling my feet and I've got my hands in front of me that I don't bump into anything. <clears throat> well, guess what? Darkness is the reason why I was afraid. And the light of Christ illuminates my path. Uh, Psalm 119, right? And and that eliminates fear. So the it's it's fear of the unknown god's word turns heaven into a known it turns into <clears throat> salvation being the guarantee of our eternal life and knowing facts like that ought to eliminate fear now chris mentioned that i said goodbye to my wife of almost 45 years and what i say in the book is that watching her go through 30 months of incredible um, uh, procedures, chemo, clinical trial, and she never complained. I say in the book that Bobby's death eliminated my fear of death because I saw somebody face the ultimate death, her ultimate death, in a very short period of time, actually, when she really realized that there's no turning back, this is the end. That, that she was so filled with joy, and I was her primary caregiver. I sat with her. The moment she stepped into heaven, she had taken me by the... She reached out, took my shirt, 
pulled my face in right, right next to hers, and she said, I love you so much. And she closed her eyes and died. In that moment, our hospice nurse was there. It was an incredible moment. And even though later there was grief, there were tears, but it was such a moment of joy, honestly. My daughters were there, and we kind of looked at each other, and then we said to the hospice nurse, is she gone? And she put her hand on her chest, and she said, yes, she's not breathing. But, you know, I've, I've never been that close to a dead person, certainly no one that I knew and loved like that. But there's no need for fear. Perfect love casts out what? It casts out fear. So I, I can't make you not be afraid, Katie, but I can assure you that there's no reason to because of Jesus and yes. that you can know his, the, the light of his glory that shines on your path that ought to at least diminish, if not eliminate, your fear. Katie, I'm really glad that you uh, got through today. And it sounds like you have already seen the book. It's titled Finish Line, Dispelling Fear, Finding Peace, and Preparing for the End of Your Life. It's our featured resource. If you go to chrisfabrylive.org and click through the information for today's program, you'll see it right there, chrisfabrylive.org. I have more of folks who want to talk with Robert Walgamuth today, and that's our number, 877-548-3675. There are a couple of things in the book that surprised me, and there was one name that he mentioned in the book that almost took my breath away because I didn't know about his relationship with this gentleman, and you'll hear about that and a whole lot more straight ahead on Moody Radio. My pal Larry sat down at the piano not long ago and arranged 12 songs, 12 hymns. And when I listened to the CD for the first time, they did something inside. And I want you to experience the same thing. I believe in the power of hymns in a soul. When you hear the melody, you think of the words of the song. And I'm going to put Robert on the spot because I know he loves hymns. And he sings hymns all the time. Do you know this hymn? Tell me Robert? the story of Jesus right on my heard every word. No, <laughs> I knew you'd know it. it before. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, name that is, tune. Way to go. It is. It is named that tune. And and Larry did this, I think it was during the, the shutdown, you know, and he just said, mm-hmm. I'm just going to sit down and, and arrange some of these it. hymns oh. and play them. Tell me the story of Jesus, write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Tell how the angels in chorus sang as they welcomed his birth. Glory to God in the highest, peace and good tidings to earth. And it goes basically all through the gospel when Jesus is in the desert and then to the cross and to the grave and then the the resurrection. So I'd love to send you this. It's called Hymns. In the stillness, Larry Shackley uh, arranged these. It's a physical oh. CD, Robert. And I'll go send you the eight track. I could send you the eight track, and you could That's probably good. still play or it. That's good. Cassette. Right? <laughs> I I don't know why, but give, send me a cassette. And Larry Shackley is a precious friend. I'm so glad that I'm hearing him play 
Yeah. We, we did conferences together called The Foundation, and he was the pianist. Really? He's amazing. Uh, well, oh, yes. And, and Nancy plays yeah. piano. I've heard her <laughs> arrangement of a lot of these hymns, too. Yes. So we could yes. do the same with hers. But I'd yes. love to send you hymns in the stillness. Here's the number, 866-95-FABRY, 866-953-2279, or go to chrisfabrylive.org. We've already had a number of people who say, yes, send that to me, and uh, I'd love to send oh, it to you. Great. Go to chrisfabrylive.org. Robert, yours is in the mail, okay? I can't wait. My my CD, or is it the 8-track? <laughs> See, I, I love to play the CD player in the car, because I still have one of those. Yeah, um, sure, I get it. You know, uh, Finish Line is the book. Frank is in Chicago. Frank, what do you want to say to Robert? Yes, hello, uh, Chris and Robert. Uh, I just want to say, uh, Robert, thank you, uh, this is the third day that I heard you speak on the radio. I heard you yesterday and the day before. And uh, I, I was one that was very fearful of death as well. Uh, the reason probably because of leaving your loved ones behind, but also, of, of you know, sometimes we don't know what type of death we're going to face, whether it's right. a painful one or from any illness, because I deal with an illness that I've been having for 30-something years but God still got me around for a reason. But I want to thank you for for encouraging me, but also other believers, you know, and people, you know, of not to fear death. You know, it's oh. it's the ultimate. This, you know, it, it reminded me that I'm just passing through, and the next step is the true home. You know, and I'm grateful. This world is not my home. I'm just a passenger. Right. So you're going to get us to sing, yeah. Frank. <laughs> I love it. This is good. So, Frank, do you remember when you were in school and you had a big test? And let's say the test is on a Friday morning and you're, you're doing everything you can to be ready for this test. So you walk into class on Friday morning, right on time. You sit down at your desk. Depending on how well you were prepared for that test is really how you feel. So being ready for death is like preparing for this huge exam. And we have this great sense of peace knowing that, in fact, we are ready. So it, that changes everything. It, it's, you, you may not know how you're going to die. In fact, 30% of us, listen to this, 30% of us will die suddenly. Nancy's daddy was 54 years old, my wife. He was 54 years old. He was getting ready to serve the tennis ball to his friends, and before his body hit the ground, he was dead. Well, that that's 54. Yesterday, day before yesterday, I turned 75. <laughs> so 30% of us will die like Art DeMoss did. 70% of us will have a runway or an exit ramp. We will have time. But we don't know which one it's going to be. So the, 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 the message here is be ready. <clears throat> be ready either way. Whether you and I die suddenly, like somebody said, if you're a man, the last things your friend thing your friends may hear is, "Hey, you guys, watch this." <laughs> women, women aren't going to die like that, but sometimes men are. So, however it is, being ready for death makes all the difference in the world in terms of how you see it, how you anticipate it, and your children. You mentioned children, Kate. We just talked to Katie a little while ago. <clears throat> Your, your family need never say, listen to me, what would Robert want? 
So like, what, what does the funeral look like? What, what should we do with his stuff? All that should be covered before you're gone. Just that dispels a lot of fear on the part of your family to know what in the world to do once you're dead. Incredibly yeah. important. And and earlier rather than later, and, and we, Katie talked about wills, and we get into the minutia of this, and you do in the book. But I think part of that, that you, what you're talking about now is you know, being ready for that. And Frank, thanks for your call. Part of that is what I wanted to bring up with you with this name that you mentioned in the book that I thought, well, I didn't know you had a close relationship with Ravi Zacharias. You yeah. write in here about Ravi and what his death did, you know, and, and to you and to his family. Obviously, you'd worked with him for years and years. And then after that, this the secrets started to come out. Talk about that. That was that was so hard, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I <clears throat> from this point on, I won't mention his name. You just did, and that's okay, because it it was a very public situation. I was not disclosing anything that people hadn't been able to read or didn't know full well. But yes, I knew him when I was 17 years old. My daddy came home from preaching in India. My mother said, how did it go, Samuel? And she said, he said, well, it was fine. My dad would always say that. It was fine. Well, was there a response to the invitation? My mother asked. My dad said, well, yes, one young man came forward at the invitation. And that's who that was in India. And he was 18 years old when he came forward. So he and I shared a father. He called my dad his spiritual father. And I was, of course, my dad was my physical father. So the tragedy is, and this, is, this has got to be a lesson for everyone who's listening right now. The title, the title of the chapter is No More Secrets. So here's a fact. When you and I die, people are going to go through our stuff. They're going to go through our files, the boxes that we have in our closets, the attic, everything. And my plea with those of us who are hearing this message including me, no surprises. Uh, disclose everything you need to disclose before it's too late. I hired two young men, one directly out of college, one a couple years out of college, to work for me. They just bought my company. So that was 17 years ago. On their first day at the office, I was sitting at my desk. They were standing in front of me. I looked at the credenza behind me. There were file drawers. I looked at my computer behind me. I looked at the file drawers in my desk, and I said, as long as you're working here, there's, there are no secrets. You can open any drawer, you can open any computer file, and you, you're welcome to any of it. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm terrific for having said that. The truth is, I'm a sinful, broken man. And I know in my heart that if people are going to go through all my stuff after I'm gone, I ought to go through it before I'm gone. So that if there, are, if there are, are things that I need to confess, if there are things I need to straighten out in my business, with my friends, with my family, don't wait. Don't wait. Disclose it before it's too late. That's, that's my plea in the No More Secrets chapter. I can't tell you how important I believe this is. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for writing about that because, of, as you say, uh, it, it's really, it's been really, really hard to even 
to even talk about that situation or, or yeah. even mention the name, you know, and, and I think there, there are things, great lessons that we can learn, things that we can take away from even that hard thing that, uh, that went on a few years ago. Finish Line by Robert Walgamuth is our featured resource, Dispelling Fear, Finding Peace, and Preparing for the End of Your Life. We have a final segment. We'll get to more of your calls and a couple more questions for Robert straight ahead on Moody Radio. I haven't told you today, but when you go to chrisdavrylive.org, click Wycliffe and you'll be taken over to Wycliffe. Bible Translators USA. Easter Sunday is coming up. We are headed to our, toward the celebration of telling the story of Jesus, the greatest that's ever been told. Many can't read that story in their own language, and that's where Wycliffe comes in. They're translating God's Word for those without it, and they have a free Easter devotional you can download. If you click Wycliffe today at chrisfabrylive.org, just go to chrisfabrylive.org, click Wycliffe, and uh, you'll be able to download that and get some encouragement from uh, Wycliffe. God's on the move. Things are going on. As they are with Robert Wagamuth today here at the Radio Backyard Fence, Patrick is in Idaho. Pat, he has a question for you, Robert. Hi, Patrick. Go right ahead. Yeah, great show. It's great. Um, Robert, um, do you think the book would resonate with the unsaved? Absolutely. Let me tell you something that I do, Patrick, when I write a book. This is a little secret. Years ago, Tim LaHaye told me this, and I've never forgotten it. I've shared it with many people. A book is a long letter to one person. <laughs> a book is a long... So when you're reading a book and it says, now most of you, that person did not have a good editor because people read books one at a time. And so uh, I had a man in mind when I wrote this book. I could give you his name. I know him very well. He doesn't know Christ. I wrote the whole book for him. So in writing, you know, I would, I would kind of pretend that I'm looking into the face of this man. And if he's got like this quizzical look on his face or if he's frowning or whatever, I, I step back and take another run at that sentence. I want him to understand there are no cliches. It's absolutely in plain English. So the person you're talking about is exactly the person who I had in mind when I was writing this book. Has he read it yet? I Yes. I, I gave him a copy three days ago. Really? And yeah, I did. I did. And I haven't told him. We actually have dinner scheduled in uh, next week, actually. Hmm. And at dinner, I will tell him that I wrote this whole book for him. Uh. Can't wait to hear his response. To that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope he doesn't throw something at me because I mean he really well, is lost. He doesn't know the you Lord. You don't at all. control that though. You know that's that's, right. the, that's exactly. the thing. You can yep. You just have to be faithful with being kind yep. and considerate and and truthful yep. at the same time, right? Exactly. Oh yeah, that is love, right? To speak truth in love. Yeah, there it is. How do you so, prepare your loved ones for this? Because Katie. Asked this a little earlier, 
Um, is there a way, you know, because you have your own fears, but then you have your family that has fears. And, and even mm-hmm. the, my first question, is there something that you're not telling me, you know, well, no. how do you help <laughs> your family members? Well, I think, I think really that is the message of this book that a, you get ready and B, you have the confidence, the confident assurance that you will spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. So I tell the story of Rick Hansen, a, a, a quadri- no, a, a paraplegic, broke his neck as a young man, Canadian, and on a wheelchair he rode 26,000 miles, the same number of miles as the circumference of the earth. And when he finished that run, that amazing journey, he actually finished at a stadium with 50,000 people in, in Vancouver, British Columbia. And just just imagine the cacophony of sound as Rick Hansen wheeled into this huge stadium, 50,000 people screaming, yelling his welcome. That's heaven. In fact, I know something about you, Chris. I know that you're a Cubs fan. I know that I'm a Cubs fan. <laughs> and I, ha- I tell a story about David Bodie in the book. I wanted to use the picture, but the... Yes. The person who took the picture wasn't wasn't willing to part with it without me taking a second mortgage out of my home. <laughs> so David Bodie, now listen, David Bodie is a rookie. This is the dream. This is every little boy in his backyard, right, throwing a ball up and hitting it. David Bodie came in as a pinch hitter in the 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 uh, the bottom of the ninth inning. The Cubs were down three runs. The bases. This is it. The bases were loaded. And David Bodie hits a walk-off grand slam home run. Now, if if you go to YouTube, just go. You don't have to even go to YouTube. Just just go to Google <laughs> David Bodie B O D E. I think it's B O T D E T E T is in T. Thank you. B O T E. Yes, grand slam walk-off, and you'll see a picture that you won't believe, Chris. I'm telling you, the picture is David Bodie rounding third base. And his arms are extended like he's an airplane. Yeah. He's rounding third base, and he's headed, headed home. All of his teammates are waiting for him. I mean, whoever said that you're supposed to rip off the poor guy's jersey? But that, that's eventually what they do. But just the look on his teammates' faces, and you see yeah. the people in the stands. And somebody posted that picture. Listen to me. They posted that picture with one word caption. Heaven. Hmm. So when I think of that, and I think of my dad and mom, my grandparents, people that I've known, people who who have stepped into heaven, Bobby, my late wife of almost 45 years, that makes me smile, because that will be heaven. That is what it will be. That's what Randy Alcorn was saying when he wrote the endorsement that's on the back of the book. He's going to see Nancy again. That, that ought to... That ought to absolutely lift our spirits because it's true. Yeah. Which takes us to Kurt, who will be our last call. Kurt, what do you want to say to Robert? I remember uh, Sam and Grace. Sam mentored me. I was a young man in my 20s, Sam in his 70s. We would sit in the basement together, and he taught me how to pray. He was a wonderful man of God. Oh. What a story, Kurt. I love you. You're my brother in Christ. You knew my daddy. My dad was Sam. I don't know if I said his name earlier, but that's who Kurt is talking about. Thank you. 
thank you for getting through and calling. And yeah, he was. He was. A, listen, Kurt, every morning, every morning as I was a little boy, my, my bedroom was close to the basement. And I would hear my dad every morning. He didn't pray loud enough that you could hear words, but he had a very deep voice. And he was praying every morning on his knees. I knew that that my dad was praying for us. He was praying for the world, really, that they would come to know Christ. Kurt, I love you. Thank mm-hmm. you for getting through. What a story. Thank you. God bless you, friend. Have you, uh, just a couple of minutes here, have you picked your pallbearers? I have. Yes, I have. I've asked them. Six of them. I hope it's not bigger than that. Yeah, six of them. <laughs> and I mean, I've planned my funeral. Nobody will say, I wonder what Robert would have wanted. I wonder who Robert would have wanted to be pallbearers or to, to speak or what hymns that he would like. Now, that doesn't mean, and Nan, when I told Nancy that I've, that I've done that, she, she's a programmer, right? That's what she does for a living. She, you <laughs> right. know, women's kind of, So I said, sweetheart, this is, this is just guidelines. You can call an audible anytime you want. N- none of this is set in stone, but it, you won't ask the question, I wonder what Robert would have wanted at this service. And you can do that. I encourage people to do that. That's one of the things I say in Finish Line. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know what's going to be on your tombstone, you know, other than your name and the dates? And yeah, all that? he was a grateful man, is what I've said. And, I, you know, that, that may or may not be. But, yes, that, that's, that would be good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> Robert, uh, a real treasure. I, I have to tell you that David Bodie thing, I was watching that, you know, it was that game went l- late, as I recall. It was really, it really late. And, you know, I, when I got up the next morning, I couldn't wait to tell my kids, you know, you won't believe what I saw last night. And I think there's a little bit of heaven in there. You won't believe what God did in the middle of when I didn't even think he was working. He was doing this and he worked yeah. all of this out. And we're going to have that celebration together. Amen. And, uh, we will. Thank you for putting this together, friend. It's it's a, a real treasure, and I do mean it. You will you will chuckle out loud at the D.L. Moody quote and more. You'll chuckle yeah. out loud, and it'll really really help you, especially on those eternal issues. So come back and yeah. see us real soon, okay? Thank you, Chris. I love you, friend. Robert Walgamuth, our guest today, Finish Line is uh, the book Dispelling Fear, Finding Peace, and Preparing for the End of Your Life. Can you talk about that on a Friday? <laughs> yeah, you can. And uh, you, you heard the callers and the depth of the things that, and the struggles that people are going through. That's why we wanted to have this conversation here today. Now, have a great weekend. Come on back on Monday because I've got a, a, a lady named Hannah who says, if you're single, stop waiting for your life to begin. You can thrive right where you are right now. We'll talk about that Monday on Chris Fabry Live, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.